We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, but you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast, proud part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Best place to get all your podcasts. I'm Steve Rivera. Here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, the Rams schedule's out. You know, it's a mid-May pod and we actually have something to talk about. So that's always exciting, right? Yeah, man. Uh, it, I'm just I'm I'm just really anticipating, you know, this whole off season where, you know, we don't have shit to talk about and we're going to scrape at the bottom of the barrel waiting for the uh chris sims annual article of uh quarterback rankings um so yeah it's uh interesting well that that article is not nearly as fun to talk about when we don't have to act like jared gop is good because that was <laughs> like the the crux of it to be fair i still think he's a good quarterback he's just on a less good team now who who would you take for 2022 season? Uh, because this is a thing in the news now. Uh, Jared Goff or Drew Brees? Oh, man, that's kind of tough. Uh, I guess I would probably go with Goff. Just because <laughs> I would do. Because, I mean, Goff has played last year and... I mean, wasn't he was far from perfect, but um, you give him a, a decent team. Like if you replace him, let's say Matthew Stafford uh, just suddenly retires, um, you stick in Jared Goff. I think he has a better shot at taking the Rams to the Super Bowl than Drew Brees, who hadn't played last year. Drew Brees is cooked too. Um, yeah, he's absolutely cooked. Although, I, yeah, I think I still take Goff, but. We ain't going anywhere with either of those guys. Uh, I can't believe this is a rumor that's actually happening, that he might come back. He's so washed. He's not coming back. If he does, uh, then we'll probably get to play him this year. So, please, Drew, please come back. I mean, think of uh, – you got to think, though, like, 
what's his competition, you know? <laughs> well, well, it, um, I'd much rather have Jameis Winston today than Drew Brees. I don't even think that's close. I mean, if he goes, like, the only team I could really see actually having a use for Drew Brees is the Panthers. And, like, yes. I don't think I don't think he'd go back to the NFL to play for Carolina. Nope. I, I would take Drew Brees over Sam Darnold in a heartbeat, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That I agree. I, well, let's talk about the schedule, man. Um, we obviously knew who the Rams were going to play this year, but it doesn't really feel as real until you actually see it on paper. So I'm just going to read through the schedule real quick for those who haven't studied it, and then we could just talk about whatever we want. Uh, as rumored, week one, opening game of the NFL season, Thursday night, September 8th, the Rams host the Buffalo Bills. Week two, another home game. They take on the Atlanta Falcons. Nice 10 days of rest there. Week three, at Arizona, week four at San Francisco, week five home against Dallas, week six home against Carolina. Um, that week four 49ers game was Monday night. I did not mention that. Then we have a bye week, week seven. It's pretty early bye. Week eight, we host the 49ers. Week nine, traveling back to Tampa, where we ended Tom Brady's career last year for a month. Then week 10, we host the Cardinals. Week 11 at New Orleans. Week 12, at Kansas City, week 13, hosting Seattle, week 14, Thursday night football again on a short week, though, this time that's against the Las Vegas Raiders at home, week 15, another Monday night game at Green Bay, week 16, home against Denver, Christmas Day, getting to play against Russell Wilson again this time in a different uniform, and then week 17 at the Chargers, Sunday night football, but that's basically a home game. Uh, we'll see what crowd shows up, but it's literally in our stadium, so you're not really going to count that as a true away game. And then week 18, we are at Seattle to end the year. Date, TBD on that. Uh, one thing I didn't notice in my notes, we played one 10 a.m. game this year. That's nuts. That never uh, happens, right? It, it doesn't, and to tell you the truth, I – one of the things I, I used to dread as as a season ticket holder when I actually was one um, was getting up super early to tailgate at, at 10 in the morning. It's just I, I used to dread doing the 10 o'clock games. Yeah, but even away games, too, like one 10 o'clock game is crazy. Uh, one o'clock for my fellow East Coasters, but uh, that's nuts. I can't believe that. I, I'm I'm for it though, man. We got uh, plenty of uh, primetime games. We got plenty of uh, big matchups. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, it's not a um, you know, it's not a lot of traveling really for the Rams this year. The the only the the farthest east they go is Tampa, which is obviously pretty far east. But you get the AFC West this year, so you go to you stay home for the Chargers. Uh, you get the Chiefs for your other games. You get the Saints, which Saints and Bucks are not close, but not terribly far. And then uh, at, at Green Bay as well as your other away game. The Rams, just some fun facts about the schedule before we really talk about specifics. Um, nine home games versus eight away games. And if you count the Chargers, it's, they play in L.A. 10 times out of their 17 games this season, which is 
very nice and makes up for the fact that we, I think on paper, have the hardest schedule in the league. You're playing a first-place schedule. You're playing the NFC West. You're playing the AFC West. You're playing the NFC South, which is nice. We'll, we'll take that little win this year. But um, And then you also get the Bills in the AFC as your, your bonus game. How do you feel about just like your initial thoughts on the schedule? You know, we knew who the opponents were going to be, but I mean, do you feel better or worse after actually seeing this, how the schedule played out? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there was going to be a way the schedule was set up with to like lessen the blow of how brutal this schedule truly is. Um, and, and I feel like if you go back last year, the, the Rams had a pretty tough schedule too, but this year by far is, is, you know, way out there, man. And, and a lot of it has to do with the improvement of the AFC West. Uh, the AFC West just, man, it's like, it's like a cold war over there, man. It, just arming themselves with, with as many weapons as they could possibly find. And, uh, you know, having, having that added, um, you know, cold war armament there, it's just, it's insane. And then getting, our extra game, the Buffalo Bills, who, in my opinion, is probably going to be the toughest matchup and probably the toughest team in football uh, because I challenge you to find a weakness in this team, and I don't think you can find it. No, I th- yeah, I agree. I mean, we said this last week, top to bottom, I think that's the best team in the league. I actually don't mind getting them out of the way early. Like, that, that's fine. And one benefit of the you know, winning the championship is we open the season with a Thursday night game. And I think that's the only week of the year where playing on Thursday is probably an advantage because you're not, you're not really on a short week. It was you're coming off the preseason and then you get a nice 10 days to um, go to your next game. And the NFL did do us a favor. They threw us our toughest game of the year. First, they threw us our easiest game of the year. Second, um, I don't, if we start out zero and two with a week two matchup against the Falcons, I'm I'm calling it a year. Yeah, <laughs> under no, sir. I mean Matthew Stafford could sit out that game and we still should not lose to the Falcons. If we do, please resurface this audio. Uh, that I think that's going to be the worst team in the league by a by a pretty considerable margin, in my opinion. I mean, at least on paper today. I mean, call me crazy if I'm not. I do not think there's a worse team on paper. May 16th, 2022, then Atlanta. You could make the argument for the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's true. Um, yeah. I, I would take them over Atlanta, though, I think. Because I, I do think the Jaguars improved quite a bit, and the Lions also. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Texans and the Falcons are, are going to be you know, competing for the worst team of the league. Yeah, the Texans are rough. But I would, I definitely would take them over um, Atlanta. And I think a lot of the bottom fears, like you said, at least on paper, got better. Like the Jets got better. Um, the Did the Giants get better? I don't know, but they're, they're still better than Atlanta. <laughs> I, I don't know. That one's a tough one. <laughs> this It's a pretty weird structured schedule, like just looking at it. Now, obviously, somebody's got to get an early bye. We got one this year, week seven. Don't love that, but uh, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, we first six games before the bye, I mean, really, we should, you know, at worst, we should, we like, I, I think really we should be coming out of that schedule four and two, five and one, you know, 
three and three if we can't take care of business in some of these games. Um, we'll see how Arizona is this year, but obviously San Francisco is still going to be good. Dallas is good. Carolina sucks. That should also be a walk in the park at home. Um, you know, I, I think you come out of there four and two, five, one. Hopefully, you get to the bye. And, and another weird thing is too, like by the after week ten, we're done with San Francisco and we're done with Arizona. Like that's really early to be done with the two best teams in our division. Yeah, that's um, that's not something typical. You see, uh, you you see a lot of the divisional rivals towards the end of the season, and I guess the Seahawks is still there. I mean, they're the last matchup, but I mean, I it's obvious that the Seahawks are in rebuild mode, so they're clearly going to be the, in the bottom of the division. I feel, uh, I, I still wouldn't count them out in certain games because, you know, they're still the, the, uh, division rivals, but I would find it really shocking if this, if this team isn't in the, in the fourth place in the, the NFC West. I'm, I'm counting them out. They're starting drew lock. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I mean, but, Think of the alternatives because I, I have a, a buddy of mine who who's a diehard Seahawk fan, and he swore up and down that they were going to draft a quarterback to replace Drew Locke, or at least to compete with him. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of suspected they were going to also. But, I mean, considering that there was only one quarterback chosen in the first round and the rest were really spread out in the later rounds, it, it kind of is a huge indicator of the uh, draft class. So I, I mean, it, it says a lot when the, the Seahawks feel like Drew Locke is the better quarterback to roll with. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I'm them, I'm, I would trade for Baker. Like, yes. I, and I, we don't even like Baker that much, but I, I think he, nope. I, I think he deserves another shot more than Drew Locke does. Like, <laughs> that that Denver offense was loaded last year, and he was still terrible. Is Sean Mannion still available? <laughs> I don't think he is, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but oh, no, I, I I think even Drew Locke's better than Sean Mannion. But yeah. uh, he he's much but, better. <laughs> yeah, much better. but it's just it's it's kind of. I mean, Cam is available. I don't know if that's. Is, yeah, wait, is no. Cam available? Cam is available, yeah, but I, I, I would, I'd rather take Drew Locke as Cam than Cam at this point. I mean, if you're like, if you're pushing for a Super Bowl, maybe you would rather take Cam. But like, we're just a team that's just kind of gonna meander out there. I'd rather see if, by some act of God, Drew Locke is good and Denver was the problem, which would be shock me so much. But uh, it, it it's nice that, you know, if, if you're going to save one of these divisional teams for the gauntlet we have at the end of the year, I'm glad it's Seattle. Um, yep. Because, yeah, once – after week week 11, you know, you get to week 12, you've already played the entire NFC West. So, I mean, that really should be three wins pretty easily. I mean, we'll see what the Saints got this year. I'm not, I'm not counting out the Saints as hard as I'm counting out the Panthers and the Falcons, but – we should still be the better team. It's an away game, though. It's our only 10 a.m. game, so you never know. Uh, obviously, Tampa will be tough. They're obviously good. 
But, you know, you get through the first 11 weeks of the season, it's 10 games. You get 49ers off the board. You get the Cardinals off the board. You got to imagine the Rams probably go 3-1 and one and 2-2, two and 3-1 two, and one in those games. Uh, NFC West or AFC South, you probably go 3-1. You got Dallas off the board. That's a good team. You got Buffalo off the board. That's a really good team. And then to end the year, you get this little tough stretch. You get the Chiefs on the road, and you get a break in Seattle, or home against Seattle. Then you got a short week against the Raiders. Luckily, it's at home. But let's be real, Johnny, that crowd is going to be Raiders heavy. Um, More than likely. Yeah, and that's no disrespect to our Rams fans out there. That They're going to pack it out. Um. Then you got a nice long break before you go at Green Bay. We never fucking win in Green Bay. We are not going to win. I will not pick the Rams to win in Green Bay this year until they actually fucking do it. Um, <laughs> so, like, that's a schedule loss to me, but we'll see what happens. Uh, then you get home against um, Denver. Basically home against the Chargers. So I guess that kind of balances out the Raiders of it all. And then uh, you get at Seattle. But that's a tough Schedule of games, man. I know you got Seattle mixed in there, but still, like, Raiders, Packers, Broncos, Chargers is tough. Those should all be good teams this year. I think the Packers might be a little worse than last year, but the other three I think should be better. I think the Chargers could be a contender for the most improved team this year. And also, like, you never know. One of these teams might crap out. Happens every year, but... It's a tough schedule to end the year, and really, like, because they're all non-divisional games, you really need to play great through those first 11 games to just solidify where you want to be seated and with tiebreakers and everything. And that's assuming you could beat Seattle twice. This version of Seattle, you should be able to beat twice, but you never know. It could be kind of like a reverse 2012 situation where they're the team that upsets us. Uh, like, we used to be that pesky little shit for Seattle when they were good and we sucked. But uh, that is a that is a tough December, man. That's going to be a, a gauntlet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean... I, really, uh, when you when you look at the the entire schedule, once you once you pass the bye week, it's a tough stretch. Like, I mean, I know there's a few teams sprinkled in that you can be like, okay, we probably have it a little easier in this game. Like, you know, with the Seahawks, and you know, depending on how you feel about the Cardinals, even, but that's a division rival, so you don't want to uh, you don't want sleep on them either 
So, like, really after the bye week even, it's just, like, nonstop tough teams. It, <laughs> and mind you, we have an early bye week too. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's just, man, the, the, the Rams absolutely cannot afford to go through a slump like they did in November of last year because I don't think they'll be able to make it up, man. Um, it, it's it's basically they have to co- show up week in and week out, and uh, I I don't think there's any room for error this year. I, I really don't. I just hate the lack of bad teams on the schedule. You know, we play three bad teams. Luckily, we get to play one of them twice, but that's it. I mean, like you look at all these teams, like the only team on the schedule that wouldn't be a, you know, Outside the bad things we named, like this, the Saints and the Cardinals might be bad. Um, I think the Saints will more likely be bad than good, but you never know. I would be surprised if any of those AFC West teams are bad. I'd be really surprised if Green Bay was bad. I'd be really surprised if Dallas was bad. I'd be really surprised if Tampa Bay was bad. Um, I think I could just straight up say Buffalo is not going to be bad, um, nope. at least in week one, unless they have a catastrophic, catastrophic preseason. So yeah, man, it's a it's a tough schedule. I don't want to do any predictions right now because we have to have content in July. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So actually, I wanted to ask you this, Steve. Uh, what games out of all of these games would you like to attend? The, the, my dream would be to go to Week One. Um, I may have scheduling issues, so I don't know if I could get to it. Um, week 8 would be great, uh, but I also have scheduling issues that weekend. Um, I, I mean, I think the opener would be the most fun game to go to on the schedule for sure. Um, Christmas too, but I'm obviously not going to that. What about you? You know, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I want to go to uh, the opener, and I'm going to try and make that work. Uh Pricing on the tickets are brutal, though, Um, which, I mean, it's not a shock. It's the season opener against probably the um, one of the best, if not the best team in the NFL. So, yeah, it makes makes perfect sense that there that's going to be one of the more expensive games. Um, But, yeah, man, it's it's a tough one to really consider which game to go to. Like, I'd I'd absolutely love to go uh, to the game against the Raiders. Uh, Rams and Raider fans always have like a, you know, kind of a nostalgic uh, rivalry. Not, it's not really a huge rivalry in like the modern day fans, but kind of like the older crowd, I would say. Um, but uh, that I think that's going to be a, a a fun game to watch. Even though I know, unfortunately, I feel like the the stadium is going to be packed full of Raider fans. Um, but yeah, there's. I'd love to see the Ram Charger game as well. It, it's actually kind of been a struggle to kind of pinpoint which game um, I could uh, that I'd like to go to because there's so many good matchups. And on top of that, um, <laughs> I, I mean, you have plenty to choose from, but I just kind of wish I could be a season ticket holder. Just couldn't afford it this year, man. Yeah. Yeah. They ain't cheap. Uh, no, ain't not cheap. at all. I mean, honestly, looking at the schedule realistically, I might have to go to the Falcons game if I go to a game this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least uh, 
the Rams will likely have a win in that game. Hey, I've never been to a Rams home game in my life, so yeah, I would like to go see them win. You know, that would be nice. Those tickets probably won't be too bad. Uh, but we'll see. I- I'll keep you posted, Johnny. I'll keep the listeners posted as well in case hopefully we could see a game together if anyone is going to this stuff. Let's let me know, man. Um, just looking at my notes. We're gonna be on TV a lot, you know, for the non-locals like me. That's a big win, uh, for sure. I mean, week one's prime time. Week four is prime time. Week fourteen is prime time. Week fifteen is prime time. Week seventeen is prime time. Uh, week sixteen, Christmas Day. I'm guessing we're the only game in that time slot. And a lot of one uh, one twenty-five kickoffs, which is usually the America's game of the week. We play Dallas in that time slot. They're America's game of the week every fucking week. So we got that one covered. Tampa Bay almost certainly going to be in that spot. Uh, and a lot of other games that definitely could be in that spot looking at the schedule. So that's great. I love not having to watch this shit illegally. Um, the NFL makes it very hard to watch out-of-market games that aren't on TV legally. So this is great for me as somebody who doesn't live in the L.A. area. And uh, hopefully some of you guys can rejoice with that as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of something I've always been kind of interested in is because uh, you being a you know a Rams fan being in uh, the East Coast, it, it must get pretty tough watching like pretty much what the the Patriots and the Giants and the Jets, right? Uh, when I grew up in Connecticut, those three were always on TV. Um, now I'm in New York City, so we don't really get the Patriots, which is nice. We still get the fucking Giants and Jets every week. Um, so I really, I just, I mainly me right now, I watch the Rams and I watch red zone and, uh, growing up, it was mostly red zone because we got all those shit games and, um, and also they always put the goddamn Cowboys on at the four twenty five game. Uh, yep. they're always in that slot. I'm sure everyone can relate to that one. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter if the Cowboys suck, they're going to be there. Yeah. So at least that's the benefit of playing them this year and not in a prime time game. Um, but Shit, man, it's great to see six primetime spots on the schedule because we used to get zero to one back in the day. Mostly zero. Yeah, I mean, we were never on TV uh, in St. Louis. So this is great, man. It is is a great time to be a Rams fan. Uh, Those who joined us in 2016, count your blessings because you didn't go through it. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. (laughs) <laughs> man, those were some awful at times, man. I at, at times it, it was kind of a blessing not to see the game, man. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, I, I've dealt with that with the Sixers for the last couple of years when I've had to miss playoff games and they just get destroyed. So, by the way, I'm I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> you know, I had to work that night at a, at a late night to do some stuff. Um, so that was nice. I didn't get to watch them collapse in the. Uh, closing moments of game six. So, hey, whatever. I, I hate basketball. Um, pre, let, Let's look at the preseason quick. Uh, this is a little relevant. We get the Chargers, Texans, and Bengals. Bengals are the only road game. I think the Chargers are technically a road game, which doesn't really make sense because we play them during the season on the road. But who cares? Texans are at home. Uh, we get a joint practice with Cincinnati, which – and when you texted me about this, I I thought it was just kind of ra- like a random joint practice with them, but 
makes sense that we're playing them in the preseason. So that'll probably be a bit of a spicy joint practice. You know, it's not my preferred choice for team to have to do a joint practice with, but the Rams are really, they really value joint practices and it makes sense that uh, in their week three game, I feel like that's usually when it happens and fate has decided we get the Bengals in our last game of the preseason. Well, it'd be nice to to see a different team in joint practices because I feel like it's always the same teams. It's always the Chargers. It's always the Cowboys. And occasionally it's the Raiders. So it'll be nice to have a different team to practice against. And, you know, the Bengals are still a pretty damn good team, even though I doubt that they're going to be going super hard with their with their uh, starters. So um, still uh, practice is, is always good and practicing against another good team. I'm all for it. Yeah, we don't play them during the year, so we'll take it. Uh, Sean McVay coaching tree. No one good is playing in that preseason game. Nope. So they'll, they'll, I guess they'll get some licks in in that joint practice. Yeah, probably. Let's. Uh, we got some other fun topics that came up this week. I think first, I don't know if this is necessarily fun. I think we could start with Odell. Odell Beckham Jr., for, for those who don't know him by just his first name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Odell still a free agent. The Rams have about five point four million dollars in cap space. And we've talked about this a bunch this off season, but it, it keeps coming up. Um, Sean McVay got asked in an interview with Rich Eisen if he thought Odell was going to come back, and this was his full quote. He said. Or if they want Odell back, he said, of course, I really want Odell back on our team. He's a guy that in a short amount of time, we're able to develop a really special relationship. I thought he brought a great spark to their team. I thought he played really well. He's a great teammate. We all know what a charisma and a presence he has. He's truly a great teammate. Made so many impactful plays. It was a shame to see him go down in that game. But, man, he sure still made an impact with those two catches he did have. Without a doubt, want to get Odell back here. That's the goal. And continuing to work towards a solution of re-signing him. Uh... Odell's been talking about this on Twitter. If you've been keeping up with the Rams Twitter, he's replying to a lot of our, our folk out there. He responded to somebody who said they need to sign Odell. He said, they know where I want to be, just can't play for free. And then somebody responded, like, what are they doing? He said, it's just a business, nothing personal. I get it. So it's pretty clear that the Rams and Odell are at a standstill. The Rams are probably lowballing. He's probably highballing. They'll probably end up meeting somewhere in the middle. I mean – I think to me, because Odell hasn't signed anywhere yet and really like hasn't been linked to anywhere else, you would think a deal gets done at some point. But we are in mid-May, and nothing's gotten done. So to me, it does seem like this still is going to happen. Now, it seems like both sides want it to happen. They just need to come to an agreement that's fair for both parties. You know, It's not the Rams' fault Odell got injured, but at the same time, he got injured on the Rams. You know, I don't think you should be offering him nothing, but you also can't pay him $12 million or I don't know what his asking price is. I'm sure it's pretty high. Probably got to meet somewhere in the middle for this year. We'll see if that actually does happen. But uh, Johnny, what's your gut right now? Do you think opening day is Odell? I mean, obviously he's not going to be active, but is Odell Beckham on the roster? You know, I've been kind of flip-flopping on this topic for weeks now. Um, if you ask me, you know, before the draft, I'm saying no. If you ask me during the draft, I think it's going to happen next week. Uh, now it's it's a little harder to say. 
I will say I do think it's going to end up happening. If I had to guess as to why there's a stalemate, um, other than the obvious money, um, I think both sides have expressed wanting a multi-year contract. And I think that's where the Rams get hung up is because um, obviously you don't want to sign a guy to a multi-year deal that's coming off a major injury, especially since it's a major injury in the past two seasons. So um, it, it's tough to make an agreement for, you know, uh, a long-term future when you have such limited cap space, even in the future. So, if I had to guess that's what the holdup is, I think they could collectively come to an agreement for the 2022 season because, let's be real, he, he's going to be playing pretty much the end of the season. So I, I think they could come to an agreement there. But beyond that, what 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 can they offer him? And Odell feels like he can still go at a high level so he feels like he should get top dollar, especially after the Rams just threw out big money to Allen Robinson. So I do think it get, it happens, and I think it happens like right before the preseason. But um, I, I think it's just gonna, it, it's still not gonna really matter much until you know November or whenever he's able to go. Yeah, it's somebody's got to cave at some point. It'll probably be Odell, but yeah, it's it's tough because you know there's no rush, but also like it's been four months at this point. Why nothing happened? Will they be able to get to a number? You know, they got to be pretty far off for like there to not really be even any rumblings. It's just like everyone's like, yeah, we want to make it work, but nobody's making it work. So like, yeah, he's not gonna play till late in the year. If you do have time to really make it happen and but you never know like if you want to keep this guy around you should be signing him before the preseason for sure because if a can like you know knock on wood not to curse anybody like if i don't know if Cortland Sutton or somebody like that were to go down in Denver for the year or a team that is planning to play deep into the playoffs and has a lot of good receivers and one of them gets hurt for the year, they probably have no problem throwing a little bit more money at Odell if they have the cap space for it, letting him rehab there, hopefully getting him back in November or December just in time for their playoff runs. That That's going to hit. Players get hurt, and his value is only going to go up once the preseason starts. So I, I know you don't want to pay him a lot of money, but, yeah, you got to if you want to bring this guy back, you've got to have him back before camp. Uh, I, I think would be my take on it because if it's not, guys are going to start getting hurt. Teams are going to start getting desperate. Somebody else might poach him. You know, it's the off season when I thought you were at first going to say Cortland Finnegan. Cortland Finnegan. Ah, oh, that's how you know it's the off season, man. <laughs> Probably show up in one of our off season topics at some point. Yeah, it always does somehow. <laughs> We had a lot of uh, a lot of interesting quotes out in the wild from various people in the Rams community, players, coaches, analysts. Uh, Andrew Whitworth got approached by TMZ and asked if he'd pull a Tom Brady and come out of retirement. Whitworth said, "You never say let never." I did learn that. Uh, Cameron said, "Late season pickup." Whitworth said, "You never know." 
I don't think this man is coming back, but if Joseph Noteboom gets hurt in week 14, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he probably would come back. I mean, I, I guess that's just where I am with it. That's pretty much how I can imagine he would come back because he he's not he's not no way he's coming back before the season begins. He, he's not going to pull a Brady there, but I think he can pull an Eric Weddle if if something were to happen to uh, really anyone on the offensive line. Um, I, I feel like the Rams would would uh, approach him and he would be fine with uh with coming back. Yeah, I, I, I don't see him pulling a Tom Brady. I see him pulling an Eric Weddle. Yeah, like, right. Like, for me, the hardest part about working is physically going to work and starting to work, which is basically what training camp is. And NFL players hate training camp. And I think that's probably what forces a lot of these guys to retire if they can just show up week 12 and play through the playoffs. Yeah, everyone would do it. Um, not usually possible. So I'm, I'm sure from a significantly younger man too, <laughs> man, I'm feeling old. Uh, I also work in, on Twitter, bro. Like if I job, I have that physical labor here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm sure if that, I hope that scenario doesn't happen. I hope we don't need him to come back, but I'm sure like he probably would, if it came down to that. I'm sure he would pull a Weddle if he needed to. But it also depends yeah. on how good a shape he keeps himself in during the year. He's been working out. Yeah, but I mean, it is a lot easier to keep yourself in safety shape than to keep yourself in left tackle shape. And that, a lot that's of, a very fair point. And a lot of offensive linemen when they retire cut a ton of weight. Um so we'll see we'll see how his next step in his career goes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sean McVay, uh, in his interview, he asked, he got asked um, also about another Rams wide receiver. He was asked if he thinks Cooper Cup will be better this year. He said, I do believe Cooper Cup is going to play better next year. Now, whether or not the stats reflect that is a totally different conversation, but the consistency of which he plays, the way that he'll continue to craft, perfect his craft of running routes, being a part of the blocking surface, helping mentor guys in his group or really just his teammates, continuing to lead at a higher level. He is going to get better because he works at the, the right way and he's wired physically and mentally the right way. He's such a stud. It sounds insane to like say that he's going to be better in 2022, but like McVeigh, yeah, I probably would agree with McVeigh because I don't, I don't imagine the stats will reflect him having a better season. But you know, I, as an overall player, you know, we've definitely seen guys develop into better players while their stats regress. Um, and I'm sure he'll be a little better this year. But I also can't imagine he repeats those bonkers numbers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he breaks the receiving record. But uh, that was that would be an insane season to reproduce. I mean, he'd almost be walking to the Hall of Fame if he does that another time. Uh, I mean, that I, I don't know if you would have a player that would have uh, any close to, uh, you know, a back-to-back season like that. That would just... Yeah, he would. That would be instant Hall of Fame talk, you know, because he. I don't think it's possible, but 
um, to to kind of comment on what Sean McVay said, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward because um, I do think that Cooper Cup, each year that he's played, he's gotten better. And um, I, I think that's part of what Cooper Cup has become as a player is just learning to, uh, you know, get better as a player and uh, better as a team player as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think Sean McVay's absolutely right. I would not expect him to have anywhere close to the numbers he had last year. Uh, but here's hoping, man. I, I, I think I think it, it could be a possibility if Odell comes back. But, uh, you know, even with uh, just Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson, I think he's still going to put up some big numbers. Yeah, he, he should still put up monster numbers. Um, but you can't expect him to put up what was statistically the best season by a receiver ever again. You know, I'm still probably still probably my first receiver off the board in fantasy. I'm still not expecting him to do that again. But regressing from those numbers could still be statistically the best receiver in the NFL, no problem, because that's just an unbelievable amount of production. You can't possibly expect somebody to put those stats up for a second straight year. And uh, repeating as a triple crown winner, that's just... <laughs> be insane. And he could repeat as a triple crown winner and regress because he was that far ahead of everybody. I, That's I, true. I don't think he will. That would be wild if he repeated as triple crown. But um, wouldn't shock me if he led one or two of those categories. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, what else we got? Oh, Pro Football Focus named their most underrated players. I think on each team, and for the Rams, they chose Aaron Donald. Just hilarious because he's the highest PFF scoring player I think ever. Here's the full quote from I think it was Sam Monsoon who wrote this up. Yes, you read that right. No matter how good you believe Donald to be, chances are the data says he's better. Donald is redefining pass rushing from an interior alignment. Edge rushers generate significantly more pressure than their interior counterparts. They may have further to travel to get to the pressure, but they have more space to work with, and much more of their rush takes place out of the quarterback's field of vision. Donald doesn't just rival any edge rusher in the league for pressure. He exceeds them all. Over the past three seasons, Donald leads all pass rushers and pressures by 32 from the next best mark. He's a pass rush win rate of 23.2%, which is also the best in the NFL. Donald is the best pass rusher the NFL has seen over the past 16 seasons of pro football focus grading and is in another world compared to any player at his position. I mean, it's just... <laughs> What's the opposite of beating a dead horse? Uh rushing a, a fine maned horse because i mean that's just like what we do with that's <laughs> what we do with Darren donald every day and i'm i'm so here for it and stuffing the glue back inside the horse um <laughs> uh yeah the uh i i understand what they're saying and uh basically they're they're still you know fanboying over aaron donald which i mean who can blame them but not no disrespect to the writer here, but that was fucking lazy, dude. <laughs> like it, it was, it was fucking lazy. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I get what he's saying. I do. They, uh, Aaron Donald is a phenomenal player, and no matter how what way you spin it, no matter how much your expectations of Aaron Donald is, you probably aren't going to give him the praise in one category. I get it. There are underrated players on this team that I could think of. That well, they who? Who should uh, be the me answer? Per- me, personally, I would say Rob Havenstein. 
Okay. That's yeah. Fair. Rob Havenstein, I think, doesn't get the love he deserves. I mean, Big Wick got all the glory for good reason, don't get me wrong. Um, but as it is, offensive linemen don't get any love whatsoever. But along with Big Wit, you know, Rob Havenstein has been pretty much the anchor of this uh, offensive line for except one season. One season, he just, he was utter trash. But uh, I, I think there was a lot of reasons that factored into that. But um, overall, I, I think you can give Rob Havenstein a lot of credit for the Super Bowl victory last year, uh, especially on the offensive side of the football. Um, there's a there's a lot to love on this team, uh, but there are some underrated guys that that don't get the love they deserve. Um, so, Steve, I'll, I'll throw the the ball in your court here. Um, who would you crown the most underrated player on the Ram? Well, if you asked me, you know, a couple months ago before free agency, I would have said Troy Reader, but he's not on the team anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> wow, that's that's a bold statement no, I, there. That's a joke. Um, I, I was, I was, you had me worried there, Steve. I'm like, um, Steve, I think Aaron Donald was a better answer. Havenstein's a good answer. You know, I think a lot of people would say. A lot of Homer Rams fans that would say that there's a lot of underrated players in the team. I think most of these guys are properly rated. I'd say Havenstein's a little underrated. Um, I, I don't know, like Ernest Jones maybe, but I feel like he's he's getting hit the respect he deserves. Um, Jordan Fuller is a little underrated in terms of the mainstream media. I mean, everyone other than that, like the stars get the praise they deserve. Um, For sure. I don't really think like Leonard Floyd, Ashawn Robinson, those. I don't think those types of guys are. I think you could make an argument for Ashawn Robinson. Yeah, well, I feel like he didn't do a lot until the playoffs last year. That's I think he's true. A, he's a fucking monster in the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it probably is really like Havenstein and maybe David Edwards are probably the two most underrated guys on the team. I would say. So not Aaron Donald. I, I, I don't I don't disagree with it as much as you do. Like he I think he does get like I mean it's kind of like with what happened to Michael Jordan in the nineties, like Aaron Donald should be like a six time defensive player of the year. You know, but that's just not how awards work. Um and so he's he's only three. Uh only has tied for the <laughs> most ever. Like I don't think people would p- put him in like the Lawrence Taylor goat conversation. Some, I don't think, I think some people laugh at that, but like it, he should be in it. Um, I don't think he's probably second, but he is certainly making building the case in the Super Bowl helps it immensely to being one of the five best defensive players to ever play the sport. Oh, without question, without question. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, deserve this honor. Uh, but man, uh, to not have Aaron Donald in the equation at all would be a sin. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, it's like who, I mean, trying to think of in my, like, you know, post two thousands, like I didn't watch LT. I didn't watch Reggie white. I'm trying to think of who even would be in the conversation of, having had a better career than Aaron Donald defensively in the last 20 years. Like there's obviously a lot of great players. Um, I don't know if any of them have been better than AD. You know, I, I think he's better. I I couldn't tell you no better. I could not tell you in the last 20 years. Uh, no, no way. I I don't think there is a guy 
that has had a better season than Aaron Donald in the past 20 years. Now, if you go beyond that, you can make some arguments with some of the greats. And that is an interesting argument in and of itself because Aaron Donald doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. And that's that's the scary thing. No, yeah, I mean he he's got to build up to get like you know get to the LT, the Reggie White, the the Deion Sanders peaks. Uh, you know I don't think he's that far away, but uh, it, it is tough to like really call someone the goat. Um, it's it's a hard conversation to get. I mean I'm trying to look at like some lists of just like guys that have played in the last couple of years. Like Ray Lewis would be on those lists. I think he had a, I think he's had a better career than Ray Lewis, man. Is that crazy? Oh, yeah. No, no, it's not. I, I mean, Ray Lewis was a phenomenal player. I don't think there's any question about that. But I, I think you can certainly make that argument that Aaron Donald has already had a better career. And keep in mind that they are two different positions as well. And I think that's part of it is because, um, you know, it, it might not be the case anymore with the big shift to three, four defenses, but. You, I think back then, middle linebackers were essentially the anchor of your defense. Um, I wouldn't say they're the most important position on the defense totally at that time, but they're a very highly valued position at that time. And you look at like a lot of, there's so many great middle linebackers from that era that stand out, whereas today there's not as many. Aaron Donald is not like defensive tackles don't do what he does. You know, just nobody in the league in his entire career does what he does at that position. He's 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 playing a different sport, essentially, than everyone else who plays the position. Like, it's, we're just lucky to have the guy, man. It's crazy. I mean, you, you even have, you know, legends. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would call him a legend. You even have legends like uh, Warren Sapp saying that he that he's in his own league, you know? Um, that's So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, would you classify Warren Sapp as a legend? I think I would. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, he might but, have some sus issues off the field, but on on the field, yeah, he's an all-time. Yeah. Well, so did Ray Lewis, but we ain't gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. So did Lawrence Taylor. Uh, <laughs> that's true too. Damn, um, be careful, Aaron Donald. I, I mean, well, AAD got in a fight and everyone had his back. The guys played in the league since 14, 2014, never missed a Pro Bowl, been first-team All-Pro every year besides his rookie year. Like, I think he retires. He's he's in the conversation we're talking about, but he plays another two, three years in this level. It's going to be hard to deny. Um, you know, a lot, not a lot of players ever have hit that 10-time first-team All-Pro mark. Uh, I'm going to try and look up. The the most first team all pros ever is ten. Um, only twelve players have had more than seven. Aaron Donald already has seven. Um, another guy on our team has six. Bobby Wagner right behind him. So if he hits one more, he's already an elite company. Lawrence Taylor had eight. Reggie White had eight. Bruce Smith had eight. Um, you're already entering that conversation with with the all time greats. I think if he he gets one more. Um, if he hits nine, I think that's the most by a defensive player ever. So, I mean, that's, that's not the full argument, but it's a pretty damn good argument. I mean, it's it's entirely doable too. Like I, I don't think there's any question there. Yeah, if he if he 
plays. I mean, that's really it. If he doesn't suffer an injury, and if he doesn't retire, um, shit, man, it's hard. It's hard to imagine him regressing in the next three or four years. At least not in a level like because it's like Cooper Cup, man. If he regresses, he's probably still the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. It's just like you're going from being 2013 LeBron to being 2022 LeBron. You know, like you're still absolutely elite. That's coming from a Sixer fan. Yeah, I, I love LeBron. I've always liked LeBron. Although he's been a, he's been kind of a crybaby the last couple of years. No, uh, no question. <laughs> Most of his career, really. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he's good. I like him. Um, anything else we missed this week? I think I think we about hit everything. I don't know how the hell we dragged that conversation fifty minutes, but hey, we did it. I hope everyone <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we manage. We manage every off season, man. Enjoy watching the fucking Celtics in the conference championship. Yeah, I won. I won some money on the Celtics on Sunday. I feel dirty about it. I feel real dirty about it. <laughs> You'd feel dirtier if you were a Laker fan. <laughs> I mean, they. I've had my torture as well. Um, all right. Follow us on Twitter at SuperBearHot, Johnny5, not 6, at TalkRams. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. We'll hit you guys next week. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.